A while back, I was in my driveway, and to the best of my memory, uh, I was changing a light bulb in my vehicle, and my neighbor came walking down the street. Now, I'm not sure that walking is the right term, because he was high on something. Maybe I should say floating or skimming, but at any rate, he came by, and for a few moments there, we had a little conversation. And uh, I don't know if either one of us understood a whole lot of what the other one said. But in the middle of that conversation with my neighbor, he looked at me and he said this. He said, I'm not afraid of anything. He said, are you afraid of anything? And I said, yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, there are, lot, look, there are lots of things I'm afraid of. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that there is such a thing as inappropriate fear. You know, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So there's some things that a lot of people are all scared of that I don't think God's people need to be scared of at all because God does not want us to fear what a lot of people do fear. But on the other hand, there are some fears that I think are good fears. They're like appropriate fears. Uh, for example, if you want to be a wise person... What does the Bible say is the beginning of wisdom? Fear of the Lord. So it's, you know, it's good to have fear for the Lord because that is the pathway to wisdom. So there are some fears that I have that I think are good and motivational. And I've got this one fear that really drives me a lot. And if it would do you as much good as it's done me, I would dump a bunch of it into you this morning too. And it's this. I've got this fear of being cheated especially when it comes to being cheated with the things. For example, suppose the Lord revealed to me in his word that I should live this level, but suppose I settle to live down here. Is that God's fault? Come on, talk to me. Is that God's fault? No, it's my fault. And can you see that if he told me I could live up here and I settle for here, that I got cheated, yeah? Come on. Yeah, I did. I got cheated, yeah. So I settled for too little, you know. Uh, you know, another thing, you know, for example, you remember that statement Jesus made where he said, I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Well, if Jesus came to give that, that's what he gives. So if I do not experience living and living more abundantly, is that Jesus' fault? No, that's my fault. So you see, I'm cheating myself. So I've got this fear that one day I might appear before God Almighty and hear him say, oh, Tommy, I had so much for you, and you settled for so little. In that moment, I will realize that I was cheated, and it's nobody's fault but mine. And so I've got this fear that I don't want to be cheated. Now, with that in mind, I want to try to paint kind of a little word picture in the room this morning. All right? Now, over here, there's a, there's a sign that says uh, fire exit. So somewhere over in there, there's a door, all right? And uh, I know I went right over there is another door, all right? Now, I want to call this doorway number one over here, and that door over there, doorway number two, okay? Now, suppose that wherever that fire exit door is, I guess it's behind that curtain, don't you? All right. So, so suppose that wherever that door was, you went there this morning, and there was a sign over that door. And that sign would tell you what you would get if you went through that door. All right? All right, you ready? Are you with me? Okay. Now, and suppose written over that door was this word, blessing. Blessing. Now, is that a door you'd want to go through? Talk to me now. Is that a door you'd want to go through? Well, yeah, I would hope so. And can you see if you could go through that door and get that, that, that you'd be cheated if you didn't go through that door, yes? 
All right. Now, over here at doorway number two, suppose there was another sign over that door, but suppose that sign over there said this, more of a blessing. <laughs> now, is that a door you'd want to go through? Yeah. And can you see that uh, if you didn't go through that door, you might even get cheated even more? Yeah? All right. Now, if you had to pick doorway number one, which says a blessing, or doorway number two, which says more of a blessing to go through this morning, uh, on the count of three, just point and tell me which doorway you'd pick to go through. Ready? One, two, three. Two. Yeah, two in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. But now, th- listen, good news. I got one little piece of good news, and it's this. The people of God can go through both doors, all right? But for the sake of the sermon this morning, I just want to talk about doorway number two because doorway number two is not just a blessing, but it has to do with more of a blessing. And I want to speak to anybody in this room this morning who is interested not just being blessed, but being more blessed. Now, if you are interested in being more blessed, you need to pay real close attention to something the Lord Jesus said that's recorded in the Bible in Acts chapter, and some of you already know this, I believe, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. There's a quote from Jesus given by the Apostle Paul, and he says, we need to remember the words of our Lord when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I'm going to call doorway number one, receiving, receiving. And receiving is a blessing. There are many blessings to be received in God's family. But doorway number two, I want to call giving, giving. And giving, according to the Lord Jesus, is not just blessed. It is what blessed? Come on, talk to me. It is what blessed? Yeah, it is more what? More blessed to do what? Then to do what? You got all the right answers. All right, I've been giving tests all weekend. Let's do this again, all right? The Lord Jesus did not just say it was blessed. He said it was what blessed? More. Yeah, it's more what? More. more blessed to do what? Than to do what? All right, okay. So anybody who's interested in not just being blessed, but being more blessed, needs to get into giving. Because the Lord didn't say it was just blessed. Uh, review. He said it's what blessed? It's more what? More blessed to do what? More blessed to do what? More blessed to do what? Than to do what? All right, so let's just say the whole verse together and we'll memorize it, all right? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Say it again. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So I want to talk to you this morning about giving. Giving. Uh, so you'll be more blessed. And please, I want you to know that I don't plan on talking about money. Because I can imagine somebody right now just kind of getting a little nervous. You know, saying, okay, number one, we're in a church service. Number two, there's a preacher up there. Number three, he just said he was going to talk about giving. And so I can imagine somebody saying, I better lock my pocketbook down because he's going to hit me up for a big offering. And I want to say to you, no, I'm not. As a matter of fact, you know what? I do not even plan to talk about money, all right? So I would like to tell you right now, try your best. Don't even think about money during this sermon, okay? Unless you need to. (laughs) 
Now, if you need to, it, you, you just think about it the whole time. I mean, if you're stingy and some kind of an Ebenezer Scrooge type person, may the Lord just make you think only about money. But I'm going to tell you that I do not plan on talking about money when I'm talking about giving because, listen, the world of giving goes way beyond dollars and cents. It has a whole lot more to do with a whole lot of other things than just what you do with what's in your pocketbook. When the Lord said that, I don't think he was just talking about money when he said it's not just blessed, it is what blessed? More what? More blessed to do what? Than to do what? Let's say it again, ready? It is more blessed to give than to receive. So anybody, anybody that wants to be more blessed, you got to get into giving. Now, uh, 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 don't get me wrong. Don't forget doorway number one. As I said, we can go through both of them. Actually, if you'll think about it, the Christian life usually begins over at doorway number one because we, we start receiving. You remember what the Bible says, John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them gave him the right to become sons of God. We start out by receiving, you know. The Bible talks about receiving, you know, so many things that God has for us come as gifts. And, he, and, and the only way you get those gifts, you don't work for them, you don't earn them. You just open up your grubby little paws and you just receive the gifts that God wants to give. And so we come into the Christian life receiving the wonderful gifts of God. Forgiveness is a gift. God's Spirit is a gift. Peace is a gift. Joy comes as a gift. There are so many wonderful things that God gives to us. And so we start out the Christian life receiving. But we are meant to grow from doorway number one to getting over to doorway number two because when you get over to doorway number two, you're not just going to be blessed. You're going to be what blessed? You're going to be what blessed? You're going to be more what? And you're going to be more blessed when you do what? Give. Give. So you see, while we come in on doorway number one, we are meant to grow and mature to doorway number two. And listen, I chose those words carefully. Because, listen, when a person gets into giving, they're growing. When a person gets to a point in give, where they're giving, they are maturing. It's a mark of growth and maturity in your life. It, it works that way in normal life, human life. I mean, you stop and think about it. If you... If you, if you are born into a normal family, uh, there's a lot of giving done to you. I, I, I've never read a whole lot of Sigmund Freud, but he said one thing that I kind of like. He had a title for a baby, and the title for the baby was this, His Majesty the Infant. Now, now you think about it. If you come into a pretty good family, you come into this little world, and it's all prepared for you. And there are all these big people all around you just there to wait on you. They've got your own little color-coordinated room with your little outfits just made for you with monograms on them sometimes. And these big people, all you if you need the smallest thing, all you have to do is say, wah, wah. And one of those big people will come and wait on you. You get hungry. Where, where? Well, what do you need, sweetheart? He's hungry. Feed him. You, know, you, get, you get wet. Where, where? Some big person comes and dries you up. You just happen to not like the general decor of the room. You know, where, where? Oh, what's wrong? Can you see how very early in your little life you begin to get the impression that it's all for you? And all, everything just exists for you. And you're like the king or the queen. You're royalty. It's all for you. But that doesn't last too long, does it? 
I mean, there are things that are cute when you're little, but they don't stay cute. I mean, when you're little, your first birthday, I mean, you can, you can eat your birthday cake any way you want to. I mean, you can dive into it. They'll take pictures of it. Take your hands and rub it in your hair. I've seen them do that. Everybody says, oh, look, isn't that cute? That's so cute when you're a baby. Try that when you're 17. <laughs> it's not so cute anymore, is it? And, you know, you start out being fed, you know. Here, Junior, look, here's the airplane coming into the airport. Oh, open up, now it's you. Now, that only lasts so long. After a while, somebody's going to say, Junior, this thing is called a spoon. Pick it up, you know. You, you need to learn how to take care of this yourself, you know. You can only go in that other little room so off, so long and, 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 and say, I'm through. I think you may have missed that, but that's all I'm going to say. Because at some point, somebody's going to say, look, we need to teach you how to take care of things yourself in there. And as you grow, the more you grow, the more they start teaching you how to take care of things, uh, doing things for yourself. And you, you move from just being given to to becoming a giver. And when you start becoming a giver, you grow up. And all these things that are so cute when you're little don't say cute. You know, I remember when I was a boy, I was in a church, and we had a leader in our church who had a very deep voice. Well, he, got a little, he had a daughter, and his daughter got her dad's deep voice. So whenever she would cry, it would be like, wah, wah. And, and we'd all get tickled. Well, she'd sit back in that corner and think, that's little Janie back there. Well, she had her favorite word for milk, and her favorite word for milk was mo. And when she wanted milk, she'd, be, she'd go like this, I want mo. I want mo. And we, she'd do it at the worst moments. I mean, we, the, the, the preacher would be up, up front saying, let's have a moment of quiet meditation. And in that stillness, you'd hear, I want more, you know. <laughs> and we, we thought it was so cute. We thought, oh, that's little Janie out there wanting her milk. Now, th that was cute then, but it didn't stay cute. I mean, for example, suppose this morning, is this a family right here? Or is this your daughter? Older? Suppose, suppose, do me a favor, honey. Suppose this morning when this family came in, they were carrying this girl, right? Can you fake that? Can, can, stand up just a minute. Help me, all right? Just, just, this is acting 101. Just fake that. Suppose this guy came in this morning carrying this girl. If you can, just halfway pick her up. Help him out, all right? All right. Oh, don't hurt your back now. Suppose they came in like that. Now sit down if you wouldn't mind. And suppose she sat down on this lady's lap. If you sat on the lap there. And suppose all during the, the morning, she's just kind of bouncing her up and down. And about halfway through, this girl, you know, pulls her thumb out of her mouth. Fake that, all right? Pulls her thumb out of the mouth. Turns around and says, I want more. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Thank you. You know, we, if, we, if we saw that sight this morning, we would think there is something seriously wrong here. You know, that this girl has arrested development. She has not grown the way she ought to. No, no, you're meant to grow. And when you get to the point in life that you start giving then you're starting to grow up. It's a sign of growth and maturity. It's the same thing in the kingdom of heaven. You come into the kingdom of heaven, you're being given to. This person loves you, that but Jesus loves you, God loves you, everybody's giving you this and caring for you and all this. And you get in there and you begin to think, well, this is just all for me. And it is, and it's great, but you know what? It's, it's not where you're meant to stay because if you just stay there, you only get blessed. You're meant to, and look, I'm not trying to lay a trip on you. 
If you were here this weekend, I'm trying to give out wings this morning, all right? It's not a trip. It's a good trip because what the Lord wants you to do is move from this territory just being blessed to get over here where you cannot just be blessed, but what blessed? More. I just felt afraid going to step off of there. Yeah, more because it is more blessed to than to Let's say it. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when you get to that point in a Christian life, you're in a good point. John Thomas, are you okay over there? Yeah. Oh, there. Oh, he's behind me. <laughs> Slipped in on me. There's this song I asked John Thomas. Pray for him. He's a little under the weather this morning. Uh, but I asked him to sing a song, and I think he's going to be able to do it. It's an old song by a group called the Imperials. Anybody ever remember that we'd have a generation gap here? Uh, but they used to be pretty hot at them. And they had this song about a man talking to God. And I want you to listen. I want y'all don't expect you'll catch every word, but I'll talk to you a little bit about that after he sings it. Okay, so go ahead, John. Boy. Well, it's taken all this time just to see what I really have. And knowing someone wonderful as you, you've done so much for me. Far beyond what a friend would do And now I just want to know what I can do for you Seems like most of my life I've been thinking about myself Even when I learn to call on you And no matter what I did You were always there to see me through And now I just want to know what I can do for you my Lord, I just want to know what I can do for you. I will give you my time and all the love that I can find. I'll just lay it on the line like you did once for me. I will change all my plans, put my life into your hands, and I'll try to understand what you want me to be. Cause it's taken all this time For my heart to be taught to say Whatever you want, that's what I want to And it won't even up the score But it's the least that I can do And now I just want to know what I can do for you Oh yes, my Lord, I just want to know what I can do for you yeah, all right. Thank you, John Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Now, I wouldn't have expected you to call all those words, but did you catch the drift of that song? This song is sung to the Lord. And what this fellow is saying to God is this. Look, it's taken a while for me to get here. But I've come to the point in my life now where I've just got to confess that most of my life I've been thinking about myself. I've just been thinking about me. Even when I learned to call on you. And it won't even up the score, I know, but it's the least that I can do. Now, I just want to know what I can do for you. If it means changing my plans, if it means rearranging this or that, or get, I, I've, I'm at the point now, Lord, where I'm asking you, what can I do for you? Look, it is a great moment in a person's life when he gets to that spot with God. Because when a person gets there, he is starting to move, not just in the territory where he's going to be blessed, a man or a woman like this is going to not just be blessed. They're going to be what? More blessed. Because they're moving over to doorway number two. And when you get over there, you're not just going to be blessed. 
you're going to be more blessed. Say the verse with me because the Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So look, if you want to, if you want to be more blessed, you've got to get into giving. And look, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the way you live. Do you live to give or to be given to? How do you live? Let, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. I'm, I appreciate you saying that, but lots of people didn't answer. Maybe they should have. All right, good. All right. Well, good for you. And may that be absolutely true in your life. But let me speak for just a minute to a few groups in the room. How many people in the room are like me? You're a husband. Everybody that's a husband, raise your hand. All right. Now, you don't have to answer this, but you just ask yourself as a husband, are you a doorway two guy or a doorway one guy in your home? I mean, when you come home every day, do you come home to give or to be given to? You know, some of us come home, it's, you know, it's like bad news. You know, hit the front door of the house and everything from the dog up has to get out of the way, you know. I've been out there all day, walking on water, <laughs> feeding the multitudes, you know. Can't have a little peace and quiet. Give me some of this. Give me some of that. You know, I, I need a Pepsi. I need some potato chips or something like that. Some of us come in our house and we're just there like some sort of a giant slug. Leave a slime trail. Living with you is like living with Job of the Hut or something, if you're into that, you know? You're just there to be given to. What would happen if you became a giving man that you came in? You know, I have to rebuke myself this way every weekend. I go away for weekends. That's the cycle of my life. On my way home, I always preach a little sermon to myself and say to myself, look, when you hit the front door of your house, you do not need to sit down and vegetate. Your wife's been at home all week. She's been doing stuff, taking care of business, and you don't need to come in here and just plop down and say, I am so tired. I have been ministering. I've been being spiritual. You know, give me, give me, do this for that. No, 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 no. That does not bring blessedness. That brings a curse. And some of us live under that kind of curse, you know. So you got to ask yourself, what if you became a doorway to husband, a given man? Wives, same thing, you know, as wives. And I can imagine some wife in the room saying, well, I give all day. And when the evening comes, I am given out. No, you aren't. You don't give out. You don't. Really, capacity for giving does not diminish as you give. It does not. It increases. I mean, anybody in the room, on a physical level, that's true. Anybody into aerobics? You know how aerobics work? All right, let me ask you an aerobic question. Suppose somebody of reasonably good health came to you and said, I'm just tired all the time. You know, I come home from work, I, I put in my eight hours, and when I get home, I just want to vegetate. I just need a bag of potato chips or something. I just need to pour some energy into me because I'm just worn out, and I just need to rest. N normally, what does a person, would a person in aerobics tell such a person they needed to do? Work out! Work out! You know, that... that you need to work. Your problem is not that you are really as tired as you think you are. Even no matter how you work, you could even be out there doing carpentry, roofing all day. But what they've proven is, is that doing that, you may be working your muscles, but you're not getting to your heart and your lungs, which have to do with a lot of your energy. And that if you, they've even proven this, if you would just get up and walk around the block, it would do you more good than sitting on the couch. Because as you use those lungs and heart, it starts increasing the capacity. How do people get to run a marathon? By walking a block? No, they run a long ways so they can run a long ways. It's the same thing with giving. You do not give yourself out. Your, your capacity to give increases as you give. Don't be afraid of it. Don't back off from it. Don't, back, don't cheat yourself from being more blessed. 
Give some more. And those of you that are living at home with your mom and dad, like you all, all right? I'm not picking on you. You just happen to be up front. You're, you're probably living at home with these people, aren't you? All right. That woman that's got you in her arm lock, all right? Uh, okay. And others who live. Anybody living, still living at home? Raise your hand. Living with your mom and dad and all that. All right, let me ask you. Are you a doorway to person? Uh, do you live to be given to or do you give? You know, it'll be a great moment in your life if you walk in to a room one day and, and come up to your mom and say, Mom, is there something I can do? I thought some mom would say, praise God. <laughs> you know, you know. Or you go to your dad and say, Dad, isn't there something I can take care of here? That's a great moment, isn't it? And you know what it will mark? It will mark your maturity. It will mean you're growing up. If all you do is live there to be given to, where's my sweater? Where's my socks? Where's my supper? Where's my laundry? Where's my this? Where's my that? Well, I got two words for you. Grow up. <laughs> because when you do, when you do grow up, the, the upside of that is your family starts being blessed. Look, you live in a... I, look, I, I testify to this. I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I live in a doorway to home. I live in it. I do. I'm married to a doorway to woman. John Thomas, when he's not doing something else in the world, he lives at home. He's a doorway to guy. You can't believe how good it is to be in a home like that. Stuff just gets taken care of. I mean, all his mom has to do is mention something. He's right on it like that. Last time we went out to eat, he paid for it. His mom said, don't let him. I said, let him. It's a sign of growth, maturity, and blessedness, more blessedness. And when you, get, when you get into giving like that, then you're going to decide that it's worth it. You're going to find that it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I could just ramble on about this. I just can't resist. So let me say, I'm going to say one word about money, okay? Just one little teeny word. God forgive me. If I, I don't want to overstep my bounds here. But let me say one thing about money, too. Uh, Just this little thing. I'm in my 51st year preaching. Longer than a lot of you have been living. The only people I've ever heard, when you start talking about giving money, the only people I've ever, listen, only people I've ever heard complain about it are people that didn't give. Did you hear that? The only person that ever complained about talking about giving, you can almost go to the bank on this, no pun intended, is a person who's not giving. Because the givers come up to you and they say, we need to talk more about that. And they start telling you stories. Now, they, they don't all become multimillionaires, but they start telling these more blessed stories about how when all of a sudden they begin to let God get into their pocketbooks, they begin to increase here and there, and they begin to respond to needs there, that they weren't just blessed, they were more blessed. Because it's not just blessed, it is what blessed? More what? More blessed to do what? Then to do what? Receive. Now listen, this place right here, the beauty of a place like this is there are always going to be opportunities to be more blessed here. They're going to be calling for that all the time. Don't resist it. I will tell you one of my family's uh, pet sayings. I've said it to, to my boys ever since they were infants. If John Thomas was here, I, he's, he's still back there, but he could repeat this, I believe. I tell my family this, never resist a generous impulse. Do not resist generous impulses. 
You, you won't regret them. 99 out of 100 times, you'll be glad you did. Resist the ones that make you stingy. Whether it's with money or with care or with work or with love, I guess the most recent thing I've been trying to not resist is just to tell my wife I love her every time I think it. You know, average husband thinks it more than once a day, but it doesn't always come out your mouth. For some reason, every time I get in the car, I think, I, my wife sits with me, I think I love her. And I've just started, we, we sit in the car, I'll look over there, and I use this old country song, I say, have I told you lately that I love you? No. Have I told you once again somehow? Well, darling, I'm telling you now. Whether it's love, you know, whatever. When you get a generous impulse, give. Because, let's say the verse one more time, and I don't think I'll ask you to repeat it anymore. I can imagine somebody even saying, I'm tired of having to give this verse out. (laughs) Say it with me. It is more blessed than to receive. It is. So here's the invitation. You have something you need to give to God today? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'd like to have our musicians filming under the weather. Let's just, let's have a no singing invitation. If you have anything at all, you need to give to God today. It could be the first time where you say, you've given so much to me. Now I just want to make a commitment to you. It's a great day for you. Maybe you've got stuff that you've been holding on to that you need to let go of. I still remember, and I know this is, a, this is a money illustration, but it's the best one I can think of. I was out in uh, Missouri. No, right on the border. What's that? Illinois, right? Goes into Missouri and in a church one Sunday. And we had an invitation. A preacher came forward holding his billfold like this. I said, what are you doing? And he reached in there and pulled out a check. It looked like an old check. It was. He said, I got to tell you about this. He said, about a year ago, he said, I, I got a, a bonus. A lot of money came into my life, and I thought I should share in the kingdom, so I wrote a check. And he said, I meant to put it in the offering Sunday, but he said, uh, during the week, I started thinking, well, I might need that. I, I better hold on. You know, something may come up. So he said, I put it back in my billfold. And he said, the next week, I started to get it out again, and he said, I thought, uh, I, I don't know. We could have an emergency. I better wait for a special occasion. He said, to make a long story short, I've had this thing in here almost a year, and I just need to let go to be free. Maybe you got something in your life that you've just been holding on like a check. It's not a check necessarily. It's something else. You just need to give to the Lord and receive not just a blessing, but more of one this morning. Okay? So, oh, you are back there. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow. Stand with me, would you? The next verse says, Where he leads me, I will follow. And if you sense the Lord is leading you to give something to him this morning, let's have one of those, uh, one of those type of invitations where you just come on down here.
just come on out of your seat if you have anything at all to give to the Lord. First time, second time, third time, maybe something you've given before and you took back. And you just need to give to Him. If you need to talk to somebody, there'll be people here who can talk to you. If you just need to be prayed for, we'll pray for you. But let's follow His leadership. Come on up if you need to, where He leads me. Where He leads me, I will follow. Where He leads me, I will follow. Good, good for you. Where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with Him, with Him. All the way. Had a generous impulse here. <laughs> Fella came up. I don't know what it is. Laid something there. I'll, we'll find out what it is a little later. Thank you. A Walmart gift card. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe you got something you need to give. Maybe it's not tangible like that. Uh, maybe it's some. Uh, maybe some something in your life. But if you if you have a generous impulse, we're not going to go a long time. We're going to do that verse again. And I'm asking you, if you have anything at all that you think you need to give to God, just step out and come on up here. All right? Let's do it. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Ready? Here we go. Where he leads me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. That's, we're waiting a minute. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. Were you coming up or did you just kind of, okay, I just went to check. Thank you. Good for you. Anybody else? Good. Come on. Do not resist a generous impulse. Resist those that make you want to hold back. Just a little while. Now, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to belabor this, but uh, I do want to be patient. So if there's anybody else that's got that impulse, there's something you need to give. Uh, what are you waiting on? Come on. What's the deal with you? You're supposed to resist the devil, not the Lord. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. So anything at all, big or large, you need to be given to God. Uh, I promise you now, we, we are going to stop. We'll do, we'll do one more verse, and that's it. I mean it. I mean it. So if you got that impulse, you know it. You know it. And I'm not trying to manipulate you or twist your arm or force you anything. 
But if you know that God is dealing with you, now you, you come on, and I, that's all the time there's going to be, is while we sing Where He Leads Me, I will follow one more time, and that's it. If you've got a thing to give, come on now. Where He leads me, I will follow. I will follow. Good. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with with all the way. Let me pray just a moment. I'm praying, Lord, on behalf of everybody that's standing up here. And I would ask everybody here, just silently right now, as you stand before God, just tell Him what it is that you want to give to Him. And know that He can hear even our thoughts. And to the best of your ability, just let go and give whatever it is to Him. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that these individuals standing here might realize that more blessedness that comes from giving. And as we walk away from here this morning, Lord, let us be doorway to people. Any, any, anything we have a chance to give, whether it's love or encouragement or gratitude or, or money or gifts or whatever, Lord, time, make us a doorway to people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.